0: I'm doing a wrestling episode, brother. Thank you for joining me on the Smart Ass Supernova podcast. It is, uh, as I'm recording this, it's a nice Sunday afternoon. Uh, just spent or wasted a couple hours watching the Giants get beat by the Detroit Lions. Uh, that's not what this podcast is about, though. This podcast is about what I had done last night and uh, my reactions and reviews and uh, uh, you know my feelings on. Uh, went to go see... Uh, wrestling show AEW's full gear pay-per-view out in uh, Prudential Center in the seedy confines of Newark New Jersey Um, but uh, it was it was a good great show great time I had amazing seats and and I'll get into that in a little bit but first let me give you a little bit of a background on uh, my history with wrestling I got into wrestling back in the early 80s during the that Hulk Hogan rock and roll era of WWF and um, as a five, six-year-old kid when WWF WrestleMania was blowing up and you had Hulk Hogan as that superhero taking on monster after monster, trying to take him down. How did that not speak to uh, a child of the 80s, which was perfect for me? Um Growing after Hogan, I you know I fell in love with wrestling. Wrestling was probably most of my childhood life. Uh, you know, Macho Man, Ultimate Warrior came up. Um, you know, mostly WWF. And and the sad thing is, it wasn't. I didn't really learn about NWA growing into WCW and that style of wrestling. For, for until years later, um, I, I grew up on that WWF style, the sports entertainment style. Um, and after, God, I was probably, probably as most kids do that are into wrestling around 12, 13, you kind of fade away from it. And it was perfect timing for me because as I got away from wrestling, that's when the Hogan's and Macho Man's and everything, they left and went to WCW and and WWF, fell into that new generation, which was really, uh, you know, a few top guys and then a bunch of, you know, guys that, you know, wrestled as their jobs. You know, there was a garbage man and, and a hockey player and all, and it, it got bad in that time period, uh, no matter what some people might say. So I, I fell off. Um, I did get back into wrestling a little bit in the late 90s, early 2000s, in that whole Attitude Era Monday Night War um, thing, and, and I didn't get into it as it was happening, it, kind of a little bit after it happened, Um and, and with you know yeah, the n w o and the w, in uh, w said had stone cold and the rock and uh, Mcfoley and triple h and and uh, degeneration h in w w f but I remember when I started me and some friends started watching again just to see what it was like. and um I was watching w c w and I wasn't really into the whole stone cold rock thing. I, I, you know, looking back, I understand their importance, but I just didn't get it. My f- affiliation was always going to be to the older guys and who were then at that point NWO, um, Hollywood Hogan uh, when he was a bad guy. Um, so I was we watched WCW, and when we watched WCW, the guy that really sparked my attention and, and just got me into, got me really back into it was Chris Jericho. And Chris Jericho not only was he just t- super talented in the ring, but he was hysterical with uh, you know the ideas he had come up with at that point. Um, I remember you know the, the two well, two of the famous well. Yeah, two of the famous things I remember back then was when he was fighting, uh, I think it was Dean Malenko who was the man of a thousand holds, and, and Jericho made himself the man of a thousand and four holds and, and and kind of took the show hostage, and he was reading all of them, and like every third one was armbar, which is, it, you had to see it. It's funny. Look it up. Um, and I, he also, when he lost the title, he, he had... Uh, Uh, claimed to be a victim of a conspiracy and then there was a video package where he went down to dc and was running around with a sign it was funny he was great in the ring uh he had the flash when he went over to wwf he had the whole y2j thing with the countdown that was fantastic so jericho really i look as as an older uh fan was really one of my favorites um then again, then got out of wrestling again. Um, it just it went back to being the the childhood stuff. And as I look back at the childhood stuff, it wasn't you know looking as an adult, it wasn't something I'd want. So now instead of Hulk Hogan, it was John Cena. As much as I respect him as a as a worker, it just wasn't aimed at me, um, and I really fell out of it again. Um, who got me back into it a little bit again back in like the late aughts, early 2010s was uh, CM Punk. And CM Punk, that was around the time of the, the legendary pipe bomb. And and he again, he, the way he just portrayed this loose cannon at one point and then it turned into a heel character. And, and his just in-ring work, it, it just spoke to me and I was like, that's the guy I, I want to follow. So... Last night, we went to the show, the AEW show. Now, my friend is a huge AEW fan. Uh, so, how would I describe AEW? Um, AEW is the alternative to WWE. As WWE has become, now in WWE is what WWF turned became, WWE is now like the Hollywood Eyes version, and it's been for years, the Hollywood Eyes version of the wrestling product. And AEW started by Tony Khan, uh, you know, son of the owner of the Jaguars in a, in, a, in, a, in a soccer team. So guy has a ton of money, grows up as a fan, wants to start his own uh, league, his own uh, program. And he does, and it's AEW, and he starts that with... Uh, members of the elite, which are Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, um, who are indie guys, um, uh, Cody Rhodes, Dusty Rhodes' son, who's no longer there. Um, he Cody Rhodes left, um, and Chris Jericho, who's who's still there, and Jericho's yeah in his fifties now, but but still going, still going, still a great showman. Um, so in AEW is is. Is the alternative to where it's more indie-focused wrestling, uh, you know, a lot more of the flippy side than than the you know high-dramatics of the WWE. It's it's more you know wrestling-based, and there's you know your 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 deathmatch-type fighting. You have uh, the luchador style, um, and and some of the. Old school style, which I'm more of the fan of. Um, So my buddy wound up getting seats that were phenomenal. And you can check out some photos I had. Uh, It's up on my Instagram, which is uh, smartass underscore supernova underscore podcast on Instagram. Uh, It's great, great seats. And they weren't the floor seats, but they were the first row behind the seats on the floor right to the right of the the entrance ramp stage where we could see the wrestlers coming off as they left and see them right as they entered and it was it was fantastic it was the seats were phenomenal and, and i appreciate you know my friend going through the the motions of picking them up i know he was going to go anyway but I, I i do appreciate that um so let me just kind of get into the show as we go and we'll go through it so you know, in Newark, Prudential Center is a beautiful building. It's a little, little sketchy going into Newark, but that's that's fine. Uh, but I do like the Prudential Center. I've seen some concerts there. I think it's a really good venue for for sound. Um, so we we got there. There's a, a, you know, the pre-show, which had three matches. And they were all decent, you know, pre-show matches kind of for the diehards. I won't get into those matches. I'll stick with the main card. Um and, and it was good, and then, you know, the this, this show started, and you got to see how, you know, they, they ha- hyped the crowd up before the show. Um, it's, the show starts, and the show starts off with a steel cage match. Now, of course, I, growing up WWF guy in the 80s, I'll always be affinitive, or have an affinity for, I apologize, for the big blue barred steel cage. I know, from what I heard, wrestlers hate that. Um, never liked it, so you know, steel cages now are the chain linked uh, flexible fences, which to me doesn't look like it would do as much damage as those big steel bars, but I, I understand. Um, so, this first match was the steel cage match, and it was between uh, now, this is funny for people that don't know wrestling Luke Perry's son. Uh, plays a character uh, called Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy's name's Jack Perry. And, and he fought his ex tag team partner, who was a guy in a dinosaur mask named Luchasaurus. So you, you, know, you know what kind of world you're getting into here. Um, So in, in a steel cage match, it was kind of a blow-off, meaning like the last fight they were going to have. Um, and... I'll tell you, as much as I I love a steel cage match, seeing a steel cage match live is kind of rough. It really does block your view uh, of seeing what's going on in the actual match. Um, And it you know it was cool good hype energy i thought it was a good match it, it ended with uh jack perry the jungle boy jumping off of the top of the cage landing on uh the you know the luchasaurus you know who was laid out on a table great spot um, you know, seeing it live is like, whoa, that's, it's not, you know, a steel cage is not six feet, seven feet in the air. It gets up there. Uh, so it was definitely very cool seeing something like that live. I've never seen, um, a, you know, a steel cage match live and seeing somebody jump from that height was really cool. Not only trying to avoid hurting themselves, but trying to, you know, avoid hurting the other guy. Um, uh, so let me, uh, that reminds me, and I apologize for going off a little track, a little bit off track. Um, when I was a kid, I do remember going to Madison square garden a couple times for the old WWF events before the big pyro days and the, and the led screens and the, and the jumbotrons and stuff. So I remember seeing that back then. And then these shows are very different, um, than, than, then obviously, uh, cause it's more of the show now rather than the, the, the fights back then. Um, and, then I, th- it had to be in the mid two thousands. I had gone with my friends and and his brother at the time, his young brother at the time, to go see uh, WWE Raw taping at Madison Square Garden as well, and that was with the big pyro technics. and And AEW was cool because they do the pyro and stuff, but it's not on the level of WWE where it gets ridiculously loud and ridiculously uh, pyro was was huge. The pyro here was fun. The music is great. Definitely uh, on my type. If I want to get pumped up, I'll listen to more of a hard rock metalish sound. I'm not a huge metal guy, but I do like hard rock, which the music there fits into. Fits into that type of crowd. Um, so it's been God almost 20 years since I went to a show like this. Uh, so first match steel cage on the show. Totally great time, Uh, great way to kick off the show. Second, uh, match, which blew everybody's mind. Everybody thought you were going to have the steel cage and then go to a lesser known match. They went into uh, what they call a trios match. It's not like a tag. It's a tag team, but with like three guys. So it's like the trios championship. And this was the death triangle versus the elite. Now the elite is Kenny Omega uh, and the Young Bucks. Now at their last pay-per-view show, and I won't go too deep into it, the guy that I love, CM Punk, who had come to AEW uh, did not get along with these guys and their clique, and these guys kind of had the inside track and, and really helped run this show. So there was a fight, and CM Punk got you know. Well, he hasn't you know been out of the uh, the league yet, but uh, these guys kind of run it, and so. I side on the CM Punk side, even though from what it sounds like, he's not the easiest guy to work with. I just think he's so much more talented than these guys. And that's, you know, in the ring as a wrestler, storyteller, uh, planning angles, an angle is a storyline. Um, so the elite come out and the best part for me about this match was they had a new theme song and it was the old Kansas carry on my wayward son. That was really cool. Um, But after that, I don't like these guys wrestling. And the crowd, you know, the crowd uh, started an FCM punk chant. Um, Now, I like to have fun at this type of stuff. So, you know, in the show, I would start to cheer for whoever the crowd was not cheering for. And a few people that got what I was doing, they they seemed to laugh and enjoy it and and play along too. Um, but that's, that's my type of fun that I have, you know, with going to those shows, is I was cheering for, for the bad guy that everybody was cheering against and trying to come up with a smart-ass comment, like, you know, he's not so bad or something. No, I don't remember exactly. Um, so the Elite, death triangle, they do a lot of... The, my Young Bucks just do super kicks, which should be a finishing move. They just do them all the time and i it wasn't the match for me i the crowd really enjoyed it that's good just wasn't for me uh then they went into their first female match and the match wasn't great but this uh this one wrestler jade cargill she has the look she looked fantastic built uh charismatic came out in a uh her her outfit was in the looks of Uh, Chitar from the Thundercats, and I was like, awesome, you know what you're talking about. She's got the whole package, she'll be a star uh, going forward. Um, Then they went into a four-way match, which with my favorite, Chris Jericho, um, Brian Danielson, also known as Daniel Bryan in WWE, he's well-known, Claudio, who used to be Cesaro in WWE, and this young guy, Sammy Guevara, and and he's so good and and so young and so cocky that everybody just hates him so much. And I just enjoyed the hell out of him, watching him. Uh, he he's just got it. Uh, and and Jericho was there, and damn it, Jericho just <laughs> put on a show. For years, he's just reinvented himself, and just does everything uh fantastically and and i that to me was my favorite match of the night um and and the show is really really hit on a lot of cylinders early on in the show um so the rest of the show kind of until the main event kind of for me went a little downhill uh you had uh, uh another uh woman's match uh which with Contained a uh, Soraya who, you know, was cleared after you know being really injured and, and not being able to wrestle again in WWE, and and that was a nice match. Uh, he had a three way match uh, between Samoa Joe and this guy Wardlow and Powerhouse Hobbs. That was good. Three big, big strong guys. So he had that type of match. Um, then came the worst match of the night, um, and it was just an overbooked mess. And I was excited because, yeah, I know he's in his sixties now, but the fact that sting was going to be there w- was pretty great. And he was teaming up with a guy named Darby Allen, taking on Jay lethal. And one of the, who I think is, I'm sure behind the scenes because of his father that he knows the business, but Jeff Jarrett, I never liked Jeff Jarrett growing up as a kid. When he came in to me, was look like a fake honky tonk man using the guitar. I was just never a fan of it, and and this 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 match was just an overbooked mess. So much interference. The the entrances. I didn't get a stay entrance. He just appeared behind Jeff Jarrett in the ring. I, that was the low point of the evening. They um, had the women's championship match. Tony Storm, Jamie Hater. I didn't know either of them, uh, but the crowd was really into it. So that made that a lot of fun. It was a really good match. And they had the the tag team. Uh, championship match versus between the acclaimed and the, the Swerve and Keith Lee. Once again, I wasn't really into that match. Uh, the crowd really was because of the acclaimed and their gimmick. Um, but this then came to the main event. Uh, now you had John Moxley, uh, who's really helped out and carried this this early promotion uh, for for a long time. He was uh, in WWE, uh, came over. Back to like his his style of he does a lot of like death match uh, bloody uh, style wrestling and I'm not a fan of that stuff but I can appreciate where he comes from I know it's okay um, but his opponent his challenger. Who is really one of the the, the real up and coming stars in the wrestling world from what I see, and what I've been told is m j f maxwell jacob friedman and he and he started as the you know the uh the rich kid uh his, his saying is like his original saying motto whatever it was i'm better than you and you know it very cocky, but he's a great storyteller in the ring he doesn't do a lot of the flippy stuff um he fights an old school way. Um, now he's got the, the heel persona move from that spoiled rich kid who cheated to win to now he's, he's calling himself the devil. And the greatest trick the devil devil ever pulled was convincing you he didn't exist. And, and that so, and he's, he's, you know, using in bringing in the real world stuff of, oh, his contract's going to be up in a year, so you better, you know, better take care of him. It, the guy has got it, and he's in the ring. He's good. His, his storytelling is great. Um, and and they, they, spoiler, sorry, um, but they put the belt on him, and the crowd was bu- fully behind this bad guy. Uh, people were dressed up with his scarf. The one guy behind him, since his name's Maxwell, Jacob Friedman, he's Jewish. The one guy dressed up behind me as a rabbi and had a scroll. So many people are behind this guy. And it was so much fun to see this guy coming up. And you could see this was his moment where he's coming up. And now he's the guy that's going to lead and Everybody's fully behind him. And, and that was just such a cool, cool feeling. And um, it, it just, it was a good show. It was a good show. It really, to me, it felt like it was like a WrestleMania, where even though this wasn't their biggest show of the year, this kind of was like the ending of storylines, and it just it was it was a good time. I had a I had a really good time, and and I got to admit the crowd was was. You know, they're not your WWE fans. Your WWE fans are there for the dramatics. Uh, you get a lot more kids, a lot more big money personas, um, you know, celebrities. You know what? AEW doesn't really... You'll get celebrity every once in a while, but this was really more of a hardcore fan. A lot of them are, are not, you know, your, your normal run-of-the-mill average guy or, or girl. A lot, you know, very different from, you know, the different, you know... Ah, what's the right word? It's not, uh, it's not, you know, just not your normal from the fringes. A lot of the, the, you know, a lot of your outsiders, the people that I associate with, the people that I want to talk to at this podcast, that, you know, they have a good time, go out there and be and have a good time. And this really gave me that feeling of this was a community that was those types of people. And, and that was great. I really enjoyed that. Um, so that was my experience uh, with the AEW uh, Full Gear Pay per view. Um, listen, if you're not a wrestling fan, I'm sorry you gave it any time to listen to this. It, I I thought you know had a great time, and I really wanted to put an episode out there. Um, if you're falling away from wrestling, I'd say check it out. It's not everybody's cup of tea. Some of it's very good. Some of it's not very good. Um, but it, it was a good time. And if you want to, you know, go out there. And, and take a chance and try something new or try something that you used to like, and maybe it's, it's changed a little bit and you can check it, check it out again. Um, I mean, that's, that's what we're here for. We're here for trying to examine and try to find our true selves and find new things that we might enjoy. So, you know, I totally recommend going out and, and doing something like that. Um. Thank you so much. Uh, as I mentioned before, please check out my Instagram. It's smartass underscore supernova underscore podcast. Please remember to like, comment, share, save, do any of that stuff. So, you know, it makes me want to continue doing this. Um, and as always, I want to leave you with a little piece of advice from Ben Folds 5. If you're feeling small and you can't draw a crowd, draw dicks on the wall. Have a good one.